0: Radioinfluence.com.
1: Will you go to hell for me? Documentary filmmaker Vince Everett Ellison explains why he hopes your answer is a resounding no on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford I'm your host, Gary Benford Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. There are movers and there are shakers, and then there are cage rattlers. Put them all together and you have Vince Everett Ellison. Don't believe me? Well, let's get into it. He was born to sharecropper parents on a Tennessee cotton plantation, but Vince Everett Ellison did not stay there in mind, body, nor spirit. His family, which included seven siblings, rose out of poverty through believing in Jesus and hard work. They started the Ellison Family Gospel Singing Group, so that means that Vince can sing. He went on to become a correctional officer, ventured into the non profit arena, and ran for Congress as a Republican in South Carolina. You've seen him on TV shows hosted by Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Brian Kilmeade, Joe Paggs, Howie Carr, and many more. He's authored two powerful books, 25 Lies and The Iron Triangle, an Amazon number one bestseller. He's back for a third appearance on my show, this time to talk about his upcoming documentary film, Will You Go to Hell for Me? A person who has so much more to say than time can ever allow, I welcome back to the show, Vince Everett Ellison. Vince, how have you been?
0: Man, I've been great, brother. How you been?
1: I'm doing fine. Uh, you know what? I'm doing fine, but unfortunately, our country isn't doing fine. So let me start here. You've authored two rip-the-veil-off books. This is your first venture into the realm of documentary films. When is the film scheduled to be released, and how did this project come about? Is it as simplistic as what I heard you say on Tucker Carlson tonight? A light bulb went on after a woman addressed your daughter when she was with you at
0: a McDonald's. Yeah, man, it's just like that. Uh, The 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 movie is uh, the documentary scheduled to be out on uh, February the 23rd. Uh, People can go and view the trailer at WillYouGoToHellForMe.com. That's WillYouGoToHailForMe.com. They can also pre-order the streaming service and the DVD. So WillYouGoToHailForMe.com. And yeah, it started, Gary, from um, this, is this little conversation that my daughter and this, is this, this, uh, this, is this white liberal lady had. She wanted to go to a pro-abortion march weather up in D.C. And my daughter said, ma'am, I can't go with you. I'm a Christian. I vote my values. And I said, why don't more people just say that? I'm a Christian. I vote my values. Because being a Black American, the one thing that's always troubled me, and that so many people ask me, is that why do Black Christians vote for the Democrat Party? Because it is a party uh, that is controlled by perverts, liars, psychotics, and anti-Christian bigots. You know, and the thing that troubles me with Black people is this, is this saying from Frederick Nietzsche. He said, there's nobody more inferior than those who insist on being equal. You know, I'm equal, I'm equal, I'm equal. You're proving your inferiority by doing that. By walking around, always uh, setting up now, I read this thing in the post today, where they have these civil rights trails set up all the way through the South. And I said, wow, that's got to be a big ego boost for white Southerners to have plaques and things put up by Black people saying that this is where I fought to give up everything I had to use the toilet with you you know, uh, 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 to, to take my children out of schools that were working fine to integrate them with Ku Klux Klan and George Wallace. And now they have us voting for a party that wants to castrate little boys and call them little girls, want to give double mastectomies and puberty blockers to little girls and call them little boys that believe in abortion up to the ninth month. And two weeks ago, all the Democrats voted against a bill That would mandate that doctors provide aid to infants that survive abortions. They all voted against them. They vote against school choice for children who are locked in failing schools. They won't secure the border, so there's sex trafficking, rape, and fentanyl coming over the border, killing over 100,000 Americans a year. That's the Democrat Party. And they have got us to believe that there's some type of severability between our vote. And our walk with God and our religious beliefs. And I'm telling them that it's not. Romans 14 and 12 said, you will stand in front of God and give an account for everything you've done. And Jesus Christ said, if anyone harms one of these little ones, it's better than a millstone will be tied around his neck and be thrown into the sea. That's what Jesus Christ said. So like I said on Tucker, I hope these Democrats can swim. I heard that. I heard that. and <laughs> I got a kick
1: out of that. You know, your film declares, quote, the Democratic Party is the evilest organization in the history of the world. You call them a, quote, death machine. You say the Democrats have contaminated America's soul and why voting for them can keep you from heaven. Uh, gee, Vince, tell us how you really feel.
0: Yeah, man. You know, you got to just start playing around now. The time for half marriages are over with. People are dying. People are going to hell now because of this party. This party has reverted back to what it was pre-1865. It is a party that murders people. It is a party that enslaves people. It is a party that rapes and, and, and destroys the lives of people. And they are led by some of the evilest people that walk the face of this earth. Think about the ghettos, Gary. Think about the fact that they know that they are uh, 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 have put together this this function in the black ghettos, where Pete, where it's turned into a murder machine. When I saw these cops, these, these these five black police officers beat Tyree Nichols to death in Memphis, and they're trying to say it's systemic white supremacy. Well, the the the, the Democrats control every institution in the black community. If it is institutional racism, they control it. But also, when you look at what they've done, and you're not old enough to remember this, we have, it's the same from Thomas Wolfe, the, the great writer. He said, culture are the arts elevated to a set of beliefs. Your culture mm-hmm. is the arts elevated to a set of beliefs. It's this wise man that said, when I come to the country, I don't want to meet the man that writes the laws. I want to meet the man that writes the songs. Because mm-hmm. your culture will determine what the politics are. Andrew Breitbart said, politics is downstream of culture. Mm-hmm. So what we have, we had a culture at one time that celebrated Jesus and God. When we started our music, you and I can remember Motown with my girl. We mm-hmm. stopped around. I love you, baby. Then we got into Tupac, hit him up, and now we were Cardi B's walk. Now, these young men that killed this black brother, Ranged from the age of 24 to 32. They have not lived a life without hip-hop music calling Black men the N-word to each other. We're the only race of people in the world that do that in our community. White people don't do it. Jewish people don't do it. Asians, Indians, nobody. But you can't turn on a hip-hop record for Meek Mill, Drake, Snoop, or nobody. They ain't talking about killing the N-word. F and a B, calling them the, the, the W word, you name it. Just And when they beat that boy up, they didn't beat up a child of God. See, you and I look at each other and we see the image of God. They looked at him and they saw an N word. Why? Because the NAACP used to, when we were young, they wouldn't have allowed that in the black community. They wouldn't allow tap dancing and watermelon eating and blackface on television back when we was growing up. NAACP would have shut that down, and the black churches would have shut it down. Now they take money from them. You're right about that, Vince. Vince, I, I, you know, I was in the
1: music business for for a while. I managed a a contemporary jazz flutist, Dwayne Kerr, the funky flute man, on D-Man's Music. And back in the day, I was, I became a sports writer, but at the time I was also, didn't know, because I was a music major also in college. And I, I was also trying to be a combination of James Brown and Billy Preston, okay, Mm -hmm. because I played the organ and I could dance and try to do everything James Brown could do. But I must say, there is a bridge, unfortunately, between Motown and the early 60s to Tupac and what we got. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, and unfortunately, you know, uh, James Brown is my favorite entertainer of all time, but say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Marvin Gaye's, let's get it on. Billy Paul's Me and Mrs. Jones. I know it's wrong. I know she's married. I know I shouldn't, but the feeling's too strong. The 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 music, a lot of the love songs of the 70s and 80s just turned not only black people, but everybody away from morality. Mm-hmm. And it started there and then. The the hip hop took it to another level, and if you notice, as you know, with Satan. He just takes everything that is meant for good and yeah, you know. perverts it. He perverted rock yeah. and roll, everything. Yeah, the food. Yeah. You, know, you know, God gives us blessed food. What did he do? Create buffets so everybody yeah, can pick out and kill yourself, right? Yeah. Put a, so, put, a
0: put trans fats in it or something, right? Right.
1: So when you're thinking, so when I when I'm thinking about the music, even look at what happened with hip hop. I remember hip hop started out. With the Sugar Hill Gang and Young MC, and it was party music, and then N.W.A. and Public, you know, Enemy, and and uh, and all of a sudden, you know, it's now it gets hard. Then it got so hard, and they just ran right. They just ran anybody out of the business that Mm -hmm. even wanted to do party anymore. Now you got to be a thug, you Mm -hmm. know. Then it became about loot. It became about uh, bling, loot, mm-hmm. uh, bitches and hoes, and all mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. stuff, and just all that. went completely off the rail. And instead, as you said, instead of churches going along, uh, you know, putting it where it belonged, just like they do with most things, they just let it go. And I, I must say, you you say about the church, how can you vote Democrat if you're Christian? Right. You can't. See, right. there's a dip that there's no such thing. As a black church, there's just a church of Jesus Christ, because, you know, Galatians and uh, Corinthians both tell you you're neither black nor white, male nor female, rich nor poor, all in the body of one. The only people going to heaven are going to be people who belong to Jesus Christ. That is your race. And the problem is people are looking at these people as Christians, seeing them voting for everything that God's against.
0: See, yes. they can't be Christians, yeah. right? And and the, and the black church is back in it up, and that's why my first book the iron triangle I talked about that. Uh, the black preacher, the black politician, and the black civic organizer. Now the NAACP and the church and the politicians, they're involved in it. And these children, now think about this. These children are being called the b word, the n word, the w word, and when you and I were younger, people that say that were ostracized and pressed to the side. We were known that these were not good people. Now they are elevated mm-hmm. in our society. Joe Biden does an interview with Cardi B. How cheap was that walk? Snoop Dogg and, and Dre uh, sang at the Super Bowl. And uh, uh, he performs for the first black president at the Kennedy Center. And he, Barack Obama dancing and juking with him. See, and then you see that these people are elevated. So what do you say? So what do you say, Gary? I must be that. They're not being shunned. They're not being pushed aside. Think about if somebody had made the mistake of calling a Jew the K-word. Do you think he would be invited to the White House? When Kanye West made that mistake about a month ago, that brother lost a billion dollars. Uh-huh. And is shunned from all, anybody that has any type of morality or any common sense. But Snoop and Dragon say the N-word and perform in front of the world at the Super Bowl. Now, what makes these children think? What makes those four police officers think that that guy they beat up was not an N-word? This is what the left does. They have created a dysfunctional society in the black community, and they're proud of it. They will not say, look, man, we've been screwing up. We need to back this thing up. We need to cut this mess out and bring these children back home to God. Uh-uh. They're going to point at the white man and say, it's white supremacy. And a white man down there, like right, I said, you right, go to the ghettos, you see a unicorn before you see a
1: white conservative. There you go. And that's how so you got started. That. That's how you right? Isn't that how you got started in this thing? Because you started to try and figure out why are they talking about the white man this, the white man that in all the communities? And you were walking around. you had been a correctional officer. You've been around, and you saw all these communities. There weren't any white people around. They're all black, black
0: liberals. All of, and they're all making money off of it. The hip-hop community paid them to shut up. Now these guys get NAAC image awards. Uh, 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 they they, they, they uh, get invited, as again The Congressional Black Caucus gives awards to them. They bought into the system, and black people die. They don't care anything about that. That's how it was on the plantation system. You had the house negroes where they were supposed to be. We're going to get ours. And we don't care if these young on down there at the bottom die. We we are supposed to keep them in the public educational system so we can launder money for the teachers' unions and for politicians. That's what we do. We got to make sure that we keep them in the housing projects so they can depend on us to get Mm -hmm. everything they need because if they ever get free, they're not going to listen to us any longer. See, and they're sending their souls to hell because they're giving them a fake, false religion. Black liberation theology. Jesus Christ wouldn't have lacked white people. He would identify with black people because he was oppressed and we're oppressed. He wouldn't identify with the oppressor. That is a lie. They don't talk about forgiveness. They talk about envy. We need reparations. They want to talk about hatred, no justice, no peace. As I said before, I cannot be oppressed. Why? I'm an heir of Jesus Christ. I'm a son of God. I cannot be a victim. Why? Because I'm an heir of Jesus Christ and a son of God. I am free. When Martin Luther King Jr. got up there, and said, as I have a dream speech, and you said that uh, uh, 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Negro is still not free. That was a lie. Okay, hold and on. Hold on. Oh, oh, oh.
1: I got to stop you there for a reason. Yeah. We're going to get there, but we got to get to a couple more things before you unload that bomb. But trust okay. me, we hmm. will get there. I like to save that till the end because gotcha. usually, you know, it's that's the bomb, you know. Like you talk about the bomb, you carry it. So, let me just back up a little bit more because you chronicle in this film how the Democrats went from the party of slavery to the party mm-hmm. of the Confederacy to the party of Jim Crow
0: and now the party of abortion. Can you unpack that for us? Yeah, uh, we 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 they they try to cover this up, and you have so many people that are have been miseducated about the history of this country. Many Black people think that the Republican Party was a part of slavery in the Civil War and the part of Jim Crow, and they weren't. Um, um, I'm, I'm going to have a list at the end of this film of all the um, senators in the South that voted for succession. You'll, shoot, you'll see them, uh, 80, 90% of them were all, all Democrats. And then, and then during the Jim Crow area, all of them were Democrats. Um, they were always the people that kept Black people down. And then, when Black people started fighting back and started getting their freedom, the Democrats say, well, we're really going to get them now. Because now, see, they're not segregated from us any longer. They've become stupid enough to want to integrate with us. And not integrate with good white folks, OK? Integrate with the Ku Klux Klan, George Wallace, and all of them. So what happened? They infiltrated our churches, screwed up our religion, infiltrated, uh, we, we were going to school with them, so they had our education. They destroyed the black family. And now we're aborting. We've had 25 million children aborted since Roe v. Wade. Our public education system is destroyed. Uh, there are schools in Baltimore that are getting over $20,000 a year and can't teach children to read. Uh, the black family has been destroyed. We have 10 times more men in prison. And they're proud of it. They want to celebrate what they've been doing. They want to have holidays. And I can tell you this, brother, they can have as many fake holidays as they want. They can can tear down as many Confederate monuments as they please. They can march a billion miles if they want to. But until they decide to line themselves back up with God and stop sacrificing their children to this pagan evil party, they will never, ever pull themselves out of being at the bottom here in America. That is just a stone-cold fact.
1: You write right about that. And by the way, we would, people, we wouldn't be in this mess as a nation if Vince's books, 25 Lies in the Iron Triangle, the two separate books, had been required reading. Vince, please tell the listeners what those two cage rattling books were about and why it's never too late to read them.
0: Well, um, the Iron Triangle chronicles how I, the, the first question, which was why do black people vote for the Democrat Party? Uh, I had to figure that out after I'd worked in prison for five years. And I went into it. So I I, I chronicled what I discovered, and I discovered that the Black preacher who was supposed to be our spiritual caretaker, the the Black politician who was supposed to be watching for us in Washington, DC, and the Black civic organizer, the one that was supposed to be been advocating for, for social change, were actually just conduits between white liberal Democrats and the Black community. Their job was to basically keep us on the plantation, and they've done it very, very well. I chronicle it all in the Iron Triangle, and I, say, and I talk about how, we are, how we're supposed to get out of it. We get out of it by understanding that our, our freedom and our liberty are individual. They're not group complexes. They are you deciding as a, as a child of God and an American, I'm going to save my soul. I'm going to do what God told me to do. And once I fix myself, then I can go help others. If you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. And the first concept of self-love is don't don't let anybody do you any harm. Don't even harm yourself. No harm. I'm not going to be disrespected. I'm not going to be harmed. I'm not going to be maligned by anybody. So I talk about how you have to decide as an individual that you are going to get back in line with God. You're going to get back in line with, with, with doing what's right for yourself. And then once you fix yourself, you can go outside helping each one individually. I did 25 lies to explain to people that the Democratic Party is the evilest institution in the history of the world, and that us voting for the Democratic Party is like us voting for Satan himself. It is sleeping with the enemy. And I tell 25 of the Democrats' most seductive lies and damnable lies to let people understand how they keep the Black community and any American under control. He's a snake in the garden, whispering in your ear, seducing you, lying to you, making you comfortable in your poverty. Like Malcolm X says, it's like putting Novocaine in your, in, in your gums when you're ready to pull a, 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 a tooth. And he said, and you ain't feeling the pain, but blood's running all down your jaw. Same thing here. They want to give you something to make you comfortable in your poverty, to make you believe you're a victim, to make you believe you can't do any better, to make you believe that you're not an American. So you'll have to then sell your soul to them and take the crumbs that fall from their table. That's what 25 lies. It tells you how you're seduced, and it tells you how to break away. So these two books, if you read them, they will change your life. And then you make a decision. And some people decide to stay on the plantation, gang. They know it all. They like, "Man, I want to stay right here. It tells you slavery is a choice. How can slavery be a choice? Because people choosing it right now. I say slavery is a choice because my ancestors were not animals. And I'm not judging the choice. But just like Frederick Douglass made his choice to, to, to whoop his slave master and leave, Harriet Tubman made her choice to leave and come back and save others. Alex Turner made his choice to escape and come back and kill his overseer. People made choices to stay. Harriet Tubman went back and tried to get her sister. Her sister wouldn't leave. I'm staying here. I talk about the Homestead Act, Gary, and this is something that blows people's mind. The Homestead Act in 1866, we talk about 40 acres in a mule. Mm-hmm. The Homestead Act promised any American, including Black people, 160 acres out west of prime farmland if they just go and say that they're working for five years, if you're over 21 years old. You could use the land as collateral to get a mule and a house. Only 5,000 families took advantage of it. They were called the Exodusters, and 5,000 families out of 4 million slaves took advantage of it. And now they still want to holler about 40 acres of the mule when most black people wouldn't take 160 acres of mule and a house. So it educates you. It lets you understand that you're not going to get any reparations from these people. It's the carrot in front of the horse to keep you walking, keep you doing what they say. They are liars. They're hypocrites. They're perverts. They're anti-Christian bigots. And their main goal is to send you to hell, where they're going. And I'm begging you to not go with them, to not go.
1: I hear you, Vince. I hear you. You, you said that very, very well. Please, tell. I'm going to ask you at the end to uh, give another calling of where they can get the book. But since you talked about both books, 25 Lies in the Angry Iron Triangle, please tell people where they can get these outstanding books.
0: Oh, you can just go on Amazon.com. Um, they're on Amazon. You can go to my website, Vince E. Ellison. Dot com. But Amazon is the easiest way to get them. They're probably in your bookstores, but Amazon is the best way to get them. Just go into Amazon, just plug in Vince Ellison books, both of them show up. There you go. Okay, now let's back
1: up to where we were a few minutes ago. Quote, there's a quote from you. They talk about the Democrats. Because what a lot of people don't realize, a lot of people in the 50s and 60s who were black, they were Republicans. Okay, mm. here we go. Quote from Vince. Everett Ellison, they decided to try and infiltrate the black community, and they didn't have any success until they met somebody. You know where I stand on this issue, On this issue, Vince. I see it the same way you do, and sadly, the facts are the facts. Who did they meet,
0: Vince, and what came out of it? Yeah, the Marxists met Martin Luther King Jr., the communists. Um, it was the Montgomery Bus Boycott. They, uh, they did very well in Montgomery, and Bayard Rustin, um, a communist sympathizer, had been a communist, was hanging out, uh, came down to see what was going on there, and he met Martin Luther King Jr. He said, this guy is magic. He took King to meet the number one communist in America. His name was Stanley Levinson, and Stanley Levinson was a rich Jewish uh, person from New York City. He was a communist party's bad man here in America. That is a fact. That's not hyperbole. And he bankrolled the whole civil rights movement. And as a matter of fact, uh, the FBI reports say he put King on the payroll. And between 1956 and 1961, he paid him the equivalent of $600,000. So he wasn't, King wasn't working for free. And uh, uh, he tried to get King to take over the black church for the civil rights movement, and and and, and for the Marxists. He wanted him to take over the National Baptist Convention. And I talk about how in, in the movie I talk about how King tried to take over the National Baptist Convention, and got excommunicated from the Black church. And then started to start his own sect called the Progressive National Baptist Convention, and that's the sect that Raphael Warnock is part of. If your listeners don't believe it, tell them to look it up. The Progressive National Baptist Convention. It'll tell you the whole story. I, I'll tell you how Martin Luther King Jr. was, a, got the first Margaret Sanger Award. The first Margaret Sanger Award for helping her put together the Negro Project Mm-hmm. His primary goal was to eliminate the black community in America. King got the Margaret Sanger Award in 1966. And we told, hold on, hold on, hold on. And we talk about Margaret Sanger because she is the founder of Planned
1: Parenthood.
0: Planned Parenthood, yes. Uh, King helped re, refuse Lyndon Johnson's request after the Monahan Report to put the black man back in charge of his family. Instead, they insisted that the man in house clause be put in welfare. That means if you catch a man in the house, the woman can't get no help. So, but if he's out of the house, she can get all the help she needs. So in one generation, we went from, from 75% of the children being born into two-pan families to 75% being born out of wedlock. Martin Luther King, between 1940 and 1960, we cut the poverty rate in Black America from 85% to 35%. It was called the greatest reduction in poverty in the history of the world. And then the civil rights movement started and we flatlined. Why? Because they started telling black people that they were victims, that they were oppressed, that they had to get with their white oppressor in order to feel good about themselves and to have anything. Before that time, we told our children a completely different story. We told them, this is America. You have to earn it. If you are good at what you do, there'll be a hard beam path through your door, even if you reside in the woods. Before 1920, Tuskegee Institute, Forbes Magazine reported this, had created more self-made millionaires than Harvard, Yale, and Princeton combined. Yes, Tuskegee Institute. Why? Because Black people had started businesses. They started hotels. They had started uh, insurance companies and then funeral homes, and then Martin Luther King then came and told them, you need to let all that go to integrate with people that hate you. We had our own schools and own colleges. We were on our way to being what the Jewish community is, the Indian community, the Asian community. A minority of people set aside for doing exclusively well here in the United States of America. And the Civil Rights Movement and Martin Luther King Jr. ended it all. In Will You Go to Hell for Me. I chronicle it. It is without debate. I show you step by step how these people, right now in the Black Caucus and in the Iron Triangle, are descendants of that movement. And they have made us a direct replica of the Soviet bloc, which it was given, which was their instructions when they when they recruited King and, and, and created the whole civil rights movement back in the early 1950s. And and
1: even worse yet. Besides destroying the black family and black life, when when I was growing up, there's the 50s, there's two parents in every home. Yeah. You know, if if they the, the one thing I did, never wanted was for people to see me being let out of my hand house in handcuffs with my head down. Where people, isn't that all of Benford's son? Oh that, my That's yeah. Deacon. That's de, That's that's Deacon and Benford's son. Boy, they didn't raise that boy right. You know, that, that it was a whole different lifestyle, but the but side what the civil rights movement did to the black community, it, it took people away from Christ because his mm-hmm. message, which started out, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me, went right. away from pick up your cross and follow right. Jesus daily right. to follow the government. The, follow government. the government, when they killed him, he was on his way to becoming a socialist, to actually talking about it's time now For wealth redistribution, I have a speech in which he said it. Uh, The connection between Martin Luther King and Blacks voting Democrat really, Vince, as we both know, remains a toxic bitter pill for many Blacks to swallow. In fact, many Blacks still can't. They choose to spit it out. But here's something to consider, and Vince kind of alluded this in this regard. Think of the admiration that Al Sharpton, that Democrat radical Marxist, still has for Dr. King. Do you ever hear him speak favorably of the likes of Frederick Douglass or Bookie T. Washington or any Republicans, black
0: from that era? Just saying. Yeah, exactly. Because if, if all of these leftists love him, there's gotta be something to it. And when you go to his, when you go to his monument and you see that you know, that King considers himself a preacher, there's nothing that says he was a preacher, a reverend. They don't even put a Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. on his monument. They won't say he was a reverend. There is no mention of God or Jesus on that monument anywhere. That monument is a confession. It is a confession. And we ain't got to go into all the other stuff that King did. You know, the Bible says you know a tree by the fruit it bears. Then they ask him, how do you know a false prophet? How do you know it? Well, I think he had a little, little of the Samson thing going on there. Uh, Man, he had a whole lot going on. He had like, they say he had 45 girlfriends, and he was a drunk, and the uh, rapist. And, you well, know, see, we I
1: don't know. About, to... I don't know about all that. Is that oh, do you yeah, have yeah. all that proven yeah. in your book? Oh, yeah, in,
0: yeah, your movie? Exactly in the movie, I'm are these things chronicled? Because some of those I had yes. never heard before. Yeah, David, David, David Garrow, uh wrote a, um, uh, a a a a great piece on it. And uh, David Garrow got the FBI reports and talked to, and he uh, chronicled the chronicled the rapes and the and the prostitutes and uh, the white prostitutes and and the drunken behavior and the orgies. Uh, King was more like Rasputin than he was Jesus Christ. Um, and but that's why the left loved it. Uh, yeah, you need to check it out. King spent time at the Playboy Mansion, him and Jesse Jackson. Well, I knew yeah. Jesse was there. I saw that. I yeah. never saw Dr. King there. And again, as I said, yeah, you're Jeff saying Dr. things that there. I can't, I can't there, comment man. on, but some of this I've never heard. But I'm not King, saying the wrong When you look I'm at the black saying, community and see the shape that it is, it's matches. It matches. It, it was this thing was garbage in, garbage out. These guys are no good. Oh, I understand
1: and, that point. I'm just saying some of the allegations that you made, I'm just hearing for the first time, and I'm not saying you're
0: wrong. I'm just saying people, you got to check it out because yeah, I'm gonna check gotta, it out because some of go, these I've never heard. Will you go to hell for me? Will you go to hell for me? You will see it in the documentary. We have the FBI reports. We have the facts. Uh, the books that that it came from, Bearing the Cross by David Garrow, uh, Parting the Water. Uh, King, 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 and the uh, American and King is the Taylor Branch. That in the house, the the walls came tumbling down by Ralph Abernathy. When Abernathy, his best friend, said that the night before the mountaintop speech, he had sex with two women and beat up Dorothy Cotton at the Rain Motel, beat her up. Mm. Yeah, Ralph said, it. and then Dorothy Cotton admitted to it. And one of the women, she was um, her, she was the uh, first black uh, U.S. senator, first black state senator from Kentucky. She admitted to being at Lorraine Motel having the favorite King that night. These things are documented. He was who he was. And he was a and 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 the fact that the black community has done so bad since the civil rights movement, yet they celebrate it. The only thing they're celebrating is this: black people are voting 90% for the Democrat Party. That's what they that's what they're celebrating. Period. As long as we vote 90% for the for the Democrat Party. They see this as a success because they've come and did the black vote to take over the most powerful country in the world. And as long as we vote 90% for the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party has control of a lot of stuff. they got control of the Senate right now and the White House. Yep. Why? The black vote. They had control over all three branches for two years. Why? Mm-hmm. The black vote. As long as they keep us picking votes as opposed to cotton, they got control of America. And just to show you how powerful that black vote is, I never
1: understood why it works out this way. But James Clyburn and that black vote in South Carolina, where 65 percent of the people that vote in the uh, Democratic primary for president are black when that's nowhere near the uh, amount of people in the state. Mm -hmm. But whoever the black people in South Carolina say is going to be the next Democratic Party nominee. That's who it
0: always turns out to be. That's why they love Jim Clyburn. Just look, there are seven congressmen in South Carolina. they compacted all the black people in Jim Clyburn's district, uh, all of them, and and, and they kept those people poor, uneducated, uh, violent, doped up, and depending on the government for everything that they get. Uh, The Republican Party doesn't go into that district and compete at all, because Jim and the rest of them made a deal with Republicans that if you allow us to create this majority Black district, we will vote for your Republican and Lady White redistricting plan. So this works in Jim Clyburn's favor. And all the Black politicians in South Carolina, because they got their majority Black districts, and the Republicans made the deal to stay out of those districts. So if you run as a Republican in one of those Democrat districts, you get no help. No. Well you but, ran as a
1: Republican in South
0: Carolina.
1: How did how how what was that experience like? You ran for the for the House, for this, for the Senate, for the uh, the Congress. How did that how did that work as far as your experiences?
0: No help at all from the RMC or the NRCC. None. And when I would go talk to the people, the black people there, it was like shooting fish in a the barrel. They agree with everything you said. Look, black people don't support LGBTQ. They don't support Uh, 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 sexually grooming children. They want school choice. They believe in the Second Amendment. You know black people love their guns. Uh, Black people aren't able to pray whenever they want to pray. They love Jesus Christ. It's a Democratic Party that restricts their freedom of religion. They don't want illegals and dope in their communities. So the question becomes, why do they vote for the Democratic Party that's against all of that? It is simple. It goes back to cognitive dissonance, Stockholm Syndrome, and now it is just cultural. And 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 the and the conservatives and the Republicans won't go in and do anything to break it. This is why I did will you go to hell for me? When people see this, it jokes them. Because the first chapter of my book, 25 Lies, the first chapter is the lie that the Democrats say is it is all politics. God will not hold you responsible. That is a lie. He's gonna hold you responsible just like this. If I come to your house and I say, Hey Gary, give me your gun. I'm going to go across the street and I'm going to kill John with it. You say, you going to kill him? I'm going to blow his brains out. You say, well, here, Vince, here's a gun, here's some bullets. I'm going to kill John, bam. When the police come and arrest me, I'm going to say, well, Gary gave me the gun. they going to say, Gary, you give Vince that gun? Yeah, I gave it to him. Well, you complicit in murder. You knew he was going to kill him, didn't you? I you knew. Well, come on. You got the same charge he got. You go, Both y'all get in the chair. You are a citizen. A politician comes to you I asked you your vote. You said what you gonna do? He said I'm gonna take your vote. If I win, I'm gonna kill children. I'm gonna kill them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give abortions in the ninth month, and and I'm gonna sexually groom them, and, and, and I'm gonna let perverted parents uh, um, just 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 cut their penises and their, and their and their and their breasts off. That's what I'm gonna do. You said you are gonna do that? I am. Well, I'm sure enough gonna vote for you. And when he does and he kills those children, how are you not complicit in their murder? Amen, you there, you there you go. There you go. you don't believe me, you ask a Nazi. yeah, the ones that put Hitler in charge, did they not pay for what they did? I mean, this is why the black community is now laying desolate because it is still paying for what it's doing. and they hadn't connected it yet, Gary, they hadn't connected it.
1: yeah you you at know the what? bottom
0: of every socioeconomic statistic in America because you turned your back on God, right? And you straighten yourself right. up. And stop sacrificing your children to these pagans. You're going to stay exactly where you are. This is true. But
1: unfortunately, you know that I, what I've come to understand, which maybe you've come to understand it. Maybe again, it's too bitter a pill to swallow. But when you turn your back on God and walk away, that's it, man. You see, they, they, they. This is itching ears. They are running to the source of who they really truly are because as you know if jesus says my people hear my voice they know me and follow me when you yes. hear the voice you heard the voice i heard the voice we followed here and that brings us to the solution to this so let's talk about freedom mm. we both once were were you you were a democrat at one time ever yes Yes. right that's what i thought we both mm. were on the democratic party plantation I didn't leave because I realized the Democrats were taking too much of my money in taxes when I was in the workplace. And I didn't leave because of politicians or because of conservative activists. That showed me a better way. Sadly, none of that made a dent in my liberal thinking. It was all Jesus and all to him I owe. When I became saved in 97, born again, a follower of Jesus, I became free. Christians have the holy tree of father, son, Holy Spirit. Satan has his unholy trio, race, gender, and class, all staples of the Democratic Party platform. You say in the film, he who has the son is free indeed. Once you accept him, you are free. Anybody in the Democratic Party that tells you any different, he's a liar, he's the apostate, he's an affront to God. He should be rejected by any Christian walking on this earth. He's inviting you to go to hell with him. Don't go. Don't go. Please, before leaving us, make your passion plea to people not to let them, as the name of your film says,
0: take them to hell. Well, Martin Luther King Jr. planted this poison pill in the minds of all Americans when he stood up at what what many say the greatest speech in American history, uh, his I have a dream speech when he said that uh, 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Negroes are still not free. If you're a Christian, that is a lie, because you know our declaration and John Locke said we were born free. Freedom is an a right given us by God. It's irrevocable, non-transferable, and unsellable. It's yours. The king told us that the government gave us our freedom, and that started to pour the pill, and we started chasing government for freedom as opposed to going to Jesus Christ for it. He also said that he had a dream then one day we won't be judged by the color of our skin but by the content of our character. Two things wrong with that. Number one, you're going to be judged by your character. It is inescapable. People started using it as a fallback. They said, it's not my character, it's my skin color. I wasn't hired because of my skin color. No, dude, you weren't hired because you got tacks on your face, because your pants are pulled down around your ankles, because you, you drag, because you won't talk right, you won't act right, and you're disrespectful. No, it's because I'm black. No, it's not. See, he gave them a fallback position that was untrue. I can give you a thousand examples of black people, myself included, who's gotten tremendous favor from all people, black, white, Jewish, because of my character. Because I walked up to them and how I acted. They did things to me that they didn't have to do. It wasn't no timing. It's because I said, yes, sir, I worked hard. I showed up when I played football, my coaches never had to scream at me because they always knew all they had to do was tell me once. I'm going to look them in the eye and say, okay, tell me again what you want. I wasn't going to try to skirt it. I was going to be there. I was going to be after practice making sure. And because of that, I was always the captain of my team. Why? My character. My brother is the CEO of Lowe's. Chairman of Lowe's. Why? His character. My wife is a lawyer. Make over six figures every year. Why? Her character. My brother-in-law's West Point in the doctor, character. My sister-in-law won a gold medal and a silver medal in the Olympics, character. It's not the color of skin. It's always been a lie. Frederick Douglass became Frederick Douglass because of his character. Harriet Tubman, her character. And they made us believe it was color of skin. Black people that stayed on the plantations after the Civil War stayed because of their character. They didn't want to be free. And there was others that left and said, I will not be free. I'll kill my master first character. And then he said, you want to be, I will have a dream that one day that uh, I won't be judged by the color of my skin. Telling us that I should be concerned about how another racist white man views the color of my skin or views me. That is unchristian. It is unchristlike. Because Jesus said you shouldn't be concerned at all about what man thinks of you. You should be concerned about what I think of you. So I'm walking around worried about how some person views the color of my skin begging him and dreaming for a day that he'll accept me. That is unmanly. It is unChrist-like, And it led us down another primrose path of not trusting and pleasing God to try to please white America. And that is a trap. Whenever you get to a point where you're trying to please man, you are in a trap. And right now, this is all we hear from black preachers, Black politicians, black civic organizers, equality. As I said before, there's no one, no one more inferior than those that always asked to be equal. Stalking white Americans. Yes, stalking them. I'm going to end with this. Larry King was asked a question by Frank Lutz in his book, Words That Work. He said, Larry, what was your favorite and most memorable? interview. And Larry King said, Martin Luther King Jr., 1961. And of course, Frank Lutz said, whoa, man, what happened? He said, I got a call from King's agent. said, King's going to be in Tallahassee, Florida. He's going to be trying to integrate a segregated hotel. And he wants me to be there to record what happened. So Larry King said he showed up. Sure enough, he said, Martin Luther King Jr. Walks into the hotel, tells the clerk he wants a room. White clerk tells him, no, you can't have one. King said, I told you I want a room. Clerk said you can't have one. So they called the police. And the police asked King, What do you want? King didn't say that. They asked him again, What do you want? King did anything. He's asking again. King said, I want my dignity. Now I hate that story. You know why? Because it implies that a white man can give me my dignity. There you go. My dignity comes from God. Can't no two dollar clerk take my dignity from me. He can't give it to me. It's mine. And that's how can that, and that's the poison pill that King put into the minds of Black America, that we have to march, beg and crawl, to ask these people for our dignity. Hell no, not me. I'm a man. Now, the Democratic Party is a party that attracts two types of people: slaves and masters. I will be neither. You come to me? I will not live in condemnation for you. And they try to make white America feel guilty and try to give them something for free. and say, No, 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 bro, I ain't giving you nothing. What I'll do is I'll teach you. I'll teach you to live as a free man like I do. If you need a good preacher, I'll find you one. If you need a job, I'll help you find one. If you need a place to stay, I'll give you your first month's rent. Short of that, if you come and try to take anything from me, if you come and try to hurt me or my family, I got two things to get you off me, bro. I know what one of them is. (laughs) Jesus in my 38. Uh Uh-huh. Come try me. Because last thing, brother, this is another lie they told, Martin Luther King there. Christianity is not a religion of nonviolence. It is a religion of non-aggression. If you and I are walking down the street and we see a guy raping a woman, are we going to stop? They said, well, since we two Christian men, we can't do nothing. No. Or are we going to grab him and whoop him until he stopped fighting and then call the police and testify his trial? Now, we're not going to summarily execute him. That be violence. That be judgment. What we do is we grab him and hold him for justice. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King told us the lie that Christianity was a religion of nonviolence, which means we supposed to lay down and let people beat the hell out of us and rape our children, and rape our wives, and burn our houses. And this is why so many young Black men left it. This is how Malcolm ridiculed it and mocked it. Because it was a false religion given from the slave master to the slave, and that the Black preacher permeated and taught. And that's who King was. Lay down. Let your master. Like, that was something new in the Black community. Get the hell beat at you by white folks. That's what we did. It would be new if we stood up and say, nope. Christianity is a religion of non-aggression. But that means that if you touch me or you touch my family or you try to touch or harm my property, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn into Jesus in the temple. And I'm gonna whoop your ass in the name of Jesus. Don't try it. My daddy whooped me a lot of times and love me. Yeah, you can whoop somebody and love them. Teach you a lesson you'll never forget. That's what we need to start telling people again. That's how we bring our manhood back. That's how we bring our Christ-likeness back. That's how women start respecting men again, black men in the community. And this is how black men stop being the, the murderers and the killers and the and the and the terror of the black community and start becoming the caretaker and the provider again. When you get your Christ-likeness back in front of you, your manhood. Well, Vince, hey, here's the away. thing. Here's the thing.
1: Here's the problem. You can't be black and Christian. You can't be black and born again at the same time. One of them has to go. You are either going to be a black man or a white man or a rich man or a poor man or a male or female. Or you are going to be a member of the body of Christ and you are going to be a born again man. Because in a born-again man, you are going to follow Jesus. The problem is, amongst all types of churches, if you aren't following Jesus, if you aren't following Jesus, then you are a black man in a church, a white man in a church, a white woman in a church, and your values will not be kingdom values, and you won't hear the voice, and you will be susceptible to movements because then you will look to government for your freedom, not God, like we do, and that to exactly. me is the problem. And it's a shame. That's it's
0: a shame because Jesus said, "A man that will not." Uh, the Bible says that a man that will not support is to take care of his own household is worse than a vagabond. Yeah. And when you and when he says provide for his own household, what does that mean? That means you provide for it, you protect it, you put your arms around it, you love it. And 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 and, and the civil rights movement taught these black men into being cowards. And you know, don't know women. Why do you think they ain't getting married no more? Black women. Because There's black men are like cowards.
1: Yeah. yeah, but back one other thing. I, I'm going to go back into the, the Bible. I remember uh, there was a time when I think David was out at war, King David, and he came mm. back, and some enemies is taking the women and children. That's right. The, mm-hmm. David didn't say, oh, well, well, it must be the will of God. What did he do? He got his army, got his horses, and they went and got them. They went and, and got them.
0: And went uh, and, and killed
1: them, kill them all, and then brought them and took the took them pl- took all this stuff, yep. took all their stuff,
0: and came back with the women and children. And this and that'll teach you to mess with me. <laughs> That's what right. he said. You know? And that and see, and we lost that. And now we we we've taken the manliness away from these young men who act emotionally, who act w- without responsibility, who act without love and compassion. You're never supposed to terrorize your household as a man. You're never supposed to come in drunk, cussing out your wife, hurting your children. They're supposed to walk up to you and hug you and love you, and say, "My dad will never hurt me." You're supposed to be the source of security when they right. see you. Right. And the this isn't of- just a black issue because see, no. everybody, look at them.
1: Men are being sissified. You, you can see what they're doing. They Thank are emasculating. You. You look at what is. Look at their. Look at what they're doing to the man, and look at what they're yeah. doing to the woman. Yeah. Okay. They, right. Right. This, uh, is, this crime, is right. It, it, right. It, it, but, and that's all. all part of the Marxist plan. And even even yeah. going back to the civil rights movement, see, the Marxists take over everything. Like if you notice, like look at what happened with George Floyd. Look at what happened with Michael Brown. It starts out with a couple people with a movement. Okay. Uh, something happens here. Something happens there. And the next thing you know, they're 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 protesting in 28 cities mm-hmm. with a thousand placards. Right. Oh, God, the, the 10,000 people in the streets, where mm-hmm. all these people come from? George mm-hmm. George Soros, that's where they came from. Exactly,
0: it's organized, man. Right, it's, it's organized all the organized. Party. Millions it's all of dollars. Organized.
1: It's Millions all of organized.
0: Millions of dollars. I mean, that, that comes right from a bunch of atheists down to the black community, these community organizers. And it's what Trotsky said, a um, uh, 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 revolution without end, continuous revolution, nonstop. We are the suicide bombers. We're the Palestinians that say we'll never stop fighting. What did Martin Luther King Jr. in his "I Have a Dreams" speech said? He said, "Will you be satisfied? We will never be satisfied, not until justice rolls down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream." That's a fancy way of saying never. And
1: that only can happen in heaven. You see, because people like like people say, "Remember, they're walking around, no justice, no peace." And I'll tell them, "No, no Jesus, yeah. no peace." The only sinless, the sinless son of God, the only sinless person ever walked this face of the earth,
0: he didn't get justice. You think we are? No. People, people got to understand. You don't, you don't, you, and you don't give people the ability to take your peace away. Your peace comes from God. Thank you. It comes from you God. And from God. you
1: belong to God. But that's the problem. So many people have turned away well, from the know, Lord they Savior they Jesus everything.
0: Christ. Uh, you don't get uh, come to them for peace. Jesus said, I, peace, my peace, I leave with you. I leave my peace with you. Envy. Uh, 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 I want what you got. If not, I got the right to get a law passed and take it. Hatred. You know, uh, envy, hatred, pride. Pride is the worst one of all. C.S. Lewis said pride is the most damnable sin. Well, so did God. Are, God said the same God, thing. God, 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 one thing God hates is what? Proud look. There you go. Hates it. Hates pride. I Don't even use the term anymore because I see how they taken this ugly word and they made it something good in the black community. Just like you, know, I want to make love. they made it a nasty word. Pride, they made it a good word. So I tell my children, like God said to Jesus, This is my son who I'm well pleased. There you go. I tell my children, I ain't pride. I'm pleased, I'm pleased with you. I tell them to say, if the pride said, I'm esteemed. Don't use pride because it's a word that God hates. He hates a proud look. He wants you to be esteemed. He wants me to be pleased with you. But don't walk around proud with your chest out. You See, go. because pride is as opposite of being humble. And when, you're, and when you're humble, you can learn something. When you're humble, you can receive something. When you're humble, you'll help somebody. But when you're proud, nobody can tell you nothing. Nobody hear can you. teach you anything. You won't help anybody. You think you're better than people. You're going to do me like I told me. you. You're going to put some respect on my name. <laughs> you know, walking around, yeah. trying to be hard. And hey. this is why we're in such a bad shape. They, we got to go right. We got to go back, Gary, to the jab. Like, you just got a guy saying so he can fight, right? Yeah, I can fight. You put him in front of Angelo Dundee, and he's just windmilling and standing with his feet together. And Angelo said, who told you you can fight, man? Uh, so-and-so, so-and-so down the street. He said, man, that dude can't teach nobody nothing. I got to take you back. Well, I can fight. Come here, Ali. Get in the ring with him, Sean. Him. You get knocked out in 10 seconds. Are you humble yet? No, get up again, knock him out again. Bam, you humble yet? Yeah, man, I'm humble. Do you want to learn how to fight? I do. Come back tomorrow. We're going to start back from the basics. This is what Christians have to do. They've been lied to by these jackleg, no-good, sorry preachers for 50, 60 years. The old group is gone, dead and gone. And everybody you got now, the majority of them, are part of the Iron Triangle. Taught by the progressive Baptist preachers and part of the Democrat Party. They are conduits. They are paid agents. And we got to go right back to Christianity and start at the jab again. You know, but they don't know. You're free. Am I free? You are free. Because if you ask the average black person out, you're free. No, I ain't free. said, okay. That's not there. Yes, you are. Well, uh, Captain Dr. King said I wasn't free. And, and the, and the NWCB said I wasn't free. And the Black Caucus said I wasn't free. and said, that's the problem. But Jesus said you were. Now we got to get back and teach you how to be a free man and start listening to these people. This is what will you go to hell for me talks about. Don't go to hell for these people. Because every time you say you're not free, every time you say you have to depend on these people in government, you're rejecting Jesus Christ. And if you reject him, you're accepting hell. Hell is a choice. And hell is a rejection of Christ. And will you go to hell for me tells you that when you do this, you're rejecting Christ. And again, if you reject Christ, you
1: have no chance but not to be a slave. The only freedom is in Christ. He broke all the bonds of sin. The main thing you've got to do, you've got to come to Jesus. You've got to give him your heart. You've got to accept him, turn your life over to him, get born again, and then you can be free. Otherwise, You will be a slave whether you want to or not. You know, Vince, uh, thanks for coming on. I I, got to stop you here because I don't want them to come and take you out of your own apartment, your own house. You know, (laughs) carry you out, you know, like in the middle of the night here. So please tell people how. Yeah,
0: yeah, please, please,
1: please tell people, you know, how they can reach you and how they can get your products. Look, you can go to
0: my website. My website is VinceEEllison.com. You can go. To the uh, website for the for the for the documentary is willyougothelfromeme.com, Will WillYouGoToHell4Me, You can look at the trailer. Tucker Carlson said it was the best trailer he had ever seen, and Gary, you can tell your listeners it was a great trailer. It's a great trailer. Isn't it? I lo- I loved it. It's a great trailer. Look at the trailer. Pre-order the streaming service or pre-order the DVD. You'll be getting it on the 24th. The DVD will be shipped. And the spring service will be sent to you on the 24th of February. Support this, and when you support this, other people can do things. Who knows, Gary? We might do one together the next time. Hey,
1: I'm I'm always willing and able, Lord willing, you know, to do anything that uh, really, really uh, helps the cause for the for the kingdom of heaven and also the kingdom here on earth. And Vince, you you you've been doing some powerful stuff because you stand up for righteousness and you stand up for truth and i'm glad to know you and i thank you once again for coming back on dropping all kinds of truth well brother
0: thank you for having me and thank you for doing what you do look i would be i would be in a i'd be erased if it wasn't for 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 for, for people like you you know uh i'd just, just be screaming here in my house at my wife every day instead you give me a platform you give me a way to speak you are the one that's, that's really out there taking the hits and on every night, every day, pressing this message. I thank you, brother. And this is a symbiotic relationship. We're, we're, we're working for the same thing and we're going to keep working for the same thing. We're going to press this thing through. Jesus' children will, will, will not go down. Like you said, we know our father's voice, don't we? You know we God know his voice. voice. We you know, know it. See, that's he, the problem. He's speaking can, and a lot, lot of people the in these churches don't hear the voice because they don't know not his children. You can be in an orange Show with 10,000 people and your father will get on the mic and say, Gary, come on. You, you get up and you go. go. And you go. On. go. That's my dad's name. Go, go. His on. children will hear his voice. They'll be
1: safe. Okay. One, my this is my last thing. What, what do you run the 40 in now? Because the uh, Jets, on, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, T.J. Mosley, I don't know.
0: I, may, I mean, they, they may, my Jets may need a middle linebacker. Dude, the only thing I'm running now it's to the uh, gym and back. I just run up the stairs and to the kitchen table. Uh, I yeah, God, God is so good for me. You know, serious business. Uh, because of playing football, I had to have two knee replacements, and uh, the doctor told me I would never. I'd be I'd be good. I can walk, but he said I never run again. Well, I have a film of me sprinting up and down my high, up up and down my driveway. I I tell them don't never tell me what I can't do. I made a point to run, and I run up and down the stairs. I run through my house. I can't run a quick 40, but if a dog get after me, I can get a little giddy up. Right, well, I, that's what I was saying. Because if you ever get the itch, I'll I'll get a
1: message to Robert Sala and see if we can get you a tryout. So <laughs> see, see, I'm saying my producer, you know, is connected with the Tampa Bay Bucks, so he's sitting here laughing.
0: So tell him what I do is tell him, tell him. I'll tell him I'll sit there right now and I'll drink a beer with him and watch the other guys run. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Once again, everybody,
1: Vince Everett Ellison. I want to thank Vince Everett Ellison for once again bringing the heat, righteous heat, that is, in regard to what we must do to get back on track as a nation. He rattled the right cages, that's for sure. This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. If you're listening for the first time, We encourage you to check out the podcast archive located on the page. All previous episodes are there featuring guests such as Diamond and Silk, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, Carol Swain, Ben Carson, Lucretia Hughes, Kevin Sorbo, Mike Lindell, Nick Searcy, Star Parker, Trevor Loudon, Brandon Tatum, Herschel Walker, and Morgan Brittany. That's it for now, friends. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America.